Okay, let's get started. Yesterday, yesterday's daf was uh, number 68, daf samches, today's daf samches. We'll do a review of yesterday's daf, get to today's. We have a mind, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yosef ben Yaakov Alevi. It's his yartek today. As well as, we're learning Rufu Shlema for, um, let's see if I remember, Amy Vastvora. Michal Aviva, Pas Yehudis, Hadassah Vasranya, and all, all else who need a refuah. And with that, we start our review at the bottom of the page. If you want to follow along? The bottom of the page, three lines up from the bottom of Samach Zayin, uh, Amud Beis, and uh, talking about uh, Rabbi Abba, he gave charity in an unusual way. He used to tie money up in a kerchief, Throw it over his shoulder, just make sh- and make himself to be near the aniyim, the poor people, and uh, he was just keeping his eyes uh, to make sure that no, oh, no, no uh, trick people, no, no, in a, no, nobody inappropriate is going to be trying to take money from them. Uh, Reb Chanina, uh, when there was a poor person, he would. Uh, there was a poor person who used to send forzos every Friday. And one day, uh, he sent it in the hand of his wife to give it to deliver it. And she came back and she said, "These people do not need charity. They're not a charity case. They are faking." Um, and he's like, "What did you see?" So they were asking each other, "Well, are we going to have the gold t- a tablecloth or the or the silver one?" If, if they're in that boat, then they're not. They're, it doesn't really mean gold and silver. It means silk or other fine fine material. But the point being is. Is that they're you know if you if you are living on that level, then uh, they're not poor. So he, so his interest, his reaction, a very interesting reaction. Rabbi Loza's reaction was is that you know we really need to be appreciative, more appreciative for the people who are fakers. They're they're, they're our bracha, and the reason why is because otherwise we would have really no excuse if we don't give charity. You know we, that's the idea. If you give, if you don't give charity. It's we'll be. It's a very big sin to not give charity. It's it, they call out to God, and it will be in you a sin. Is what the pasuk says. So, and uh, here you have like somewhat of a mitigating factor that there are tricksters out there, and that saves us from that punishment. Okay, so Rav Chia Barami Difti said that Rav Shimon Korcha said that if you hide your eyes from charity. It's as if you're involved in idolatry. It's connected to idolatry. And the idea being is that Pasuk, we use the same words to describe somebody who doesn't do um, charity. And we use the, the word belial without a yoke to describe him. And we use the same word, b'nei belial, for people who are subverting a, a city to idolatry. So you see that, that's, uh, that's akin to that. Um, next, we saw is that uh, somebody who does things to himself to make himself appear that he's in a, you know, to, to appeal to people's mercy. So he blinds himself in an eye, or he, or he uh, distends his stomach, or makes himself look like he's, uh, you know, he's otherwise incapacitated. So he will not die from the world until, in fact, it becomes what we, like a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy, and that's the idea. Somebody who accepts uh, charity when he doesn't need to, uh, he ends up needing to accept charity. Um, what we happens? S- 
if you take tzedakah and you don't, and you don't deserve it, you then you will come to need to need the charity. Ah, okay. Your wish will come That's, true. Your wish will come true. You want to be a, a tzedakah case, you become a tzedakah case. That's what you really, if you really want it, so Hashem will cause events to happen that you will end up being that. Okay. Um, uh, we saw in the uh, Mishnah that uh, we don't force a person to sell his house or his stuff. And another Bryce seems to say that uh, that we do if he's using gold. We, we say downgrade to silver. If he's using silver, downgrade to copper. So what's the deal? The answer is, is that first we thought there's maybe a difference what type of utensils. Difference between a table and uh, bed or cups and goblets and platters, whatever. And the Gemara says, what's the difference? He's not going to um, he's used to a certain level for the cups. You can't go underneath that. The same thing with the bed and table. So rather, what I'm talking about over here is uh, other material that really does make a difference. It's a back scratcher. It's a gold-tipped back scratcher. You could do, you could do back scratching with wood. It works just as well. Um, uh, and there's no, and that's the difference. Uh, the Rapapa says, nevertheless, where's the, um, what's the difference? Do you have to sell it? Don't you? It depends. If you did not uh, um, collect, so you don't have to sell all your things if you don't have money available for food, you just have items. But if you already are collecting, so then, um, and you collected before you needed to, and now they're coming back to request things like, hey, you're collecting without a right, so then you have to sell your stuff to pay back the charity that you did take. Okay. Um, we talk about an orphan who was married off by the mother and brother, and uh, she was comfortable with that. She was, went along with it. But the dowry they gave was less than their capacity to give. Okay, so they, they, they basically ripped her off in, her, in the dowry. So she, when she gets older, she can say, um, you know, I'm sorry, you should give me more. And she can request that and get that. Um, Rabbi Yudha says, we look towards precedent. If the oldest daughter was married off and given a dowry of X amount of money, we, um, we do the same for the second daughter in lieu of the father, if the father's not around. Um, Chum say that uh, pe- you know, people change, the situations change. There's sometimes a poor person who gets wealthier or a wealthy person who gets poor. So we just evaluate the property and give it to her. So that's that. So uh, Shmuel uh, says that when it comes to Parnasa, a dowry, so we look at the father. So Shmuel is actually saying we look towards the president and see what type of person he is. Um, problem with that is, is that it says that the daughters are fed and given dowry from the property of the father. How does that work? We don't say, well, if he was alive, this is what he would give, but we just look at the property and give a certain flat percentage, regardless of the personality and nature of the father. So, and that Akasha on Shmuel. So Rabbi Yitzhak says, maybe it's talking about not dowry, but um, herself. So the says, but isn't talk, contrasting between two things? There's Mizonos and Parnassa. Parnassa is usually understood to be dowry. So the says, no, one's talking about food, and the other one's talking about clothing. Okay. Um, and the Chacham say uh, that, look, sometimes we started off poor, 
um, and came wealthy or wealthy and came poor. So therefore, you just do an evaluation. Now, obviously, what did the Chavit talk about? If you really became poor or came rich, how could the Tanakhama say that, I'm sorry, you were rich before, and even though now you're poor, but just simply too bad. You gave that amount of dowry for the oldest, you're going to have to, well, where are they supposed to get the money from if, she, if he's poor now? So, obviously, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where their finances have not changed, but their mindset of the, has changed. In other words, they were, uh, that they were poor. there's an Ani Bidas and an Asher Bidas. How you think of yourself as somebody who's poor or wealthy, and, you know, that, that probably makes a bigger difference in how much money you got in the bank um, in terms of uh, how you're going to spend or how you're going to live your life. Um, anyway, so basically, the, clearly the Chama are saying that we don't go by Umtana, which is a Kasha, anyway, which is a Kasha on Shmuel. So the Chama says, you're right, it is a Kasha. The Chama disagree with Shmuel, but Shmuel actually passes like Rabbi Yuta, who does look at precedent. If he says if the oldest one was married off, you, may, you give that same amount to the second one. Uh, and uh, why not say, why didn't Shmuel just say straight that Allah follows Rabbi Yuta? The answer is because if you just say that, you made me think that Rabbi Yudas Din is a limited din. Rabbi Yudas Din is only in a case where we actually have very clear precedent that there was an elder daughter that was married off, and this is the amount of dowry that he gave, that you have sort of like proof, real proof positive that that's what he would have given. But less than that, then you could only go to a percentage. And the answer is no. You always try to understand to the best of our ability what's the nature. If we have a, a, proof, a good proof from the oldest daughter, great. If not, then we look to other things to try and understand the nature of the father. What would he have given? Anyway, so that's the basic answer. Um, um, so the brother said to Rav Chizda, you know, they say in your name that the Allah is like Rebutah. So he said, I'm perfectly fine with that. May all good things be said in my name that I think is right. Okay, so what uh, the question with that is, is that Rav seems to be saying that Allah has like but he's quoting Rebbe as saying that if a daughter is fed from the brothers, she takes a tenth. And uh, Rav says Allah has like Rebbe. So it's a kasha because the tenth is straight up percentage. Tirel, it's not looking towards the personality of the father. So the verse says that's... Um, uh, so... Anyway, um, so the Gemara says, no, it's not a kasha on him. It could be that that's in lieu of any information. If we have information of what the nature of the father, that's where we're going to look, like Rabbi Yudha says. Well, Rabbi is talking about in case where we have nothing to go on, so then we go by the standard, by the national standards. Okay. Um, question is, is that uh, if you're giving a tenth, so then um, uh, what's, if there's ten daughters and one son, the ten daughters is going to basically clean the estate out of all of its wealth. Uh, between all ten of them, and then the son gets nothing. The poor son is going to get nothing. What do we What do we do about the son? So the Gemara says, no, 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 you're not understanding what it means, a tenth. A tenth doesn't mean that they all get the same dollars. It means a tenth of the entire estate. So the first no, one that gets married off... A tenth of what's remaining. Yeah. Right, exactly. The first one gets a tenth of the entire, the entire amount. The second one will get a tenth of what's left over. And so on and so forth, there is always going to be leftovers if you're always only taking a tenth of what's there. If, however, and this is what the Kumar explains, if, however, all ten uh, girls decide to get married in one shot, 
So then we do the, the, the calculation the same way. First one will get uh, 10%, the second one will get um, uh, 9%, the next one 8.1%, and work their way down slowly but surely. Um, and, uh, uh, and then re- the, add all that money together and redivide it equally because they're coming to get married all at once. Um, but otherwise, if they are marrying, you know, whoever marries first will get a large percentage. And this way, there's an incentive. I think we ought to implement that in our family. Give a little push, a little kick. I'm just saying. Uh, the husband passes away. The state only covers the 200s of the of the tube. Of the ketubah. What are you asking? What happens with the with the daughters and the son? You're because saying the if there's the money wasn't enough. Only to cover the ketubah. She remains a widow. Yeah, well, it's actually interesting because the way it works is is that she doesn't have to... If she stays as a widow and she lives off the estate, she, um, she doesn't really collect her ksuva, necessarily. She, um, she lives off the estate. If there's, you know, the estate is producing some income, let's say he has some property, has a few rental units, and that's what they'll feed the household. And that's how, so she's not necessarily collecting her 200 cents that like uses up all the money. But what are you supposed to do? Poor people, like we said, they don't have enough money. So then they, then, then it's the public that helps out for, to help marry them off so that even the poorest person is going to get at least 50 cents dowry from the public. We'll have to take care of them. That's what you do. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Okay. Um, you know. The money's not there. The money's not there. It's, it's, you know, that's how it goes. Okay. Um, that brings us to the next thing. Um, right. Uh, the Gemara says that this idea is the same as what Ramasna really is saying when he says that if they want to get married together all at once, then they just take one-tenth. Not one-tenth, but the meaning they take the tenth as one, meaning they each are taking the same amount of money. Okay. Next, we said that uh, the daughters, whether they were above 12 and a half and not married, or they're married and not above 12 and a half, they do not, they're already no longer entitled. Once they hit that age, they're on their own to sustain themselves, okay? Um, but their dowry still remains intact, and they're still entitled to the full dowry, uh, according to Rabbi Rabbi Shimon, Elizabeth disagrees, and he says that no, at that age, you already lost your right to a dowry as well. Uh, you got to marry off fast. So if that's the case, what are you supposed to do then? That's like an extra incentive. So they used to hire, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like hire <laughs> stories about? about people who want to so get what citizenship. Well, yeah, listen. you might get married early. Is that what you do? Get yes. You get out of the house as soon as you can. Big time. Yeah, if you want the money. So that's what he's saying. They used to hire husbands just to get their dowry out. So at 12 and a half, they're marrying, you know, you know like, it's like, kind of like for, for citizenship. Right, right, green for card. citizenship, right. Well, you want to get your green card marriage. I wish you did. <laughs> <laughs> you mean she had 50 good, 50 Zuzim she had? Okay, all right. Anyway, so that's Angry the story. And a few chickens. <laughs> okay, anyhow. Okay, um... Um, so that's the story with that. Now, Rab Nachman says that Huna told him that the law follows Rebbe, not Rebbe Shim ben Elazar, that we do still provide dowries. Now, Rava asked Rab Nachman a question. He saw that was married up by the mother and brother, 
and she was acquiescing to the marriage, and then they wrote, you know, a paltry amount of money. This is our Mishnah. She can say when she's older that, you know, excuse me, you didn't give me what I deserved. Um, sounds like it's because she was a minor. If she was an adult, the assumption is that she thought about it and she accepted it. It's like, you know, she was willing. You know, she, you know, we, it was, she was Mavat Teres. She, she gave up on that. She relinquished all claims, really, if she's an adult. So the Gemara says it depends. If she mentioned something or didn't mention anything. And it makes sense, because otherwise it's a contradiction in Rebbe, because the Bryce says, Rebbe says that, that she he still takes te- a tenth. Um, it sounds like only when she's still fed that she takes a tenth. Um, so it, it must be that it depends. You're right. She is, if she doesn't say anything, then, yeah, I'm sorry. This is, you know, either speak up now or forever hold your peace. That's it. Or... Uh, if she speaks up, you know, then, then that means she's reserving the rights to come back and reclaim it. Okay, so Ravina said to Rava, that Rava Adabra said in your name that once she's a Bulgaris, she doesn't need to make a, a macha um, if she's just a Bulgaris. If she's just married, she also doesn't need to make a macha. It's understood that she's not necessarily agreeing. But if she was a Bulgaris already and then she got married, so then she really does need to make a macha if she wants to get any money. So is that true? Does Rav really say that? Because Rav asked Rav Nachman a case of Yisoma, and he told him it depends if there was a macha or not. I, but I thought it, you definitely don't need a macha. So the answer is, it, that's when, when don't you need a macha, so you don't need to actually express your displeasure, is if you're being still fed from them. Because as the expression, right, I, when I taught this at the night, I said, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. While you're still being fed from the estate, and you're going to start complaining that, that the dowry is not enough, then they're going to, you know, they might cut you off from the food. So therefore, the, you, you bit your tongue and didn't say anything. But it doesn't mean that you're a happy camper. Okay, at the later point, you can still come back. And that's the idea. Um, no, okay, that took us to the last, the last piece so of yesterday's stuff. How much time they have to complain? Oh, well, the what's the statute happened? of limitations? It doesn't give, us, uh, okay. doesn't give us that information. Okay, so the question, Rav Huna said in the name of Rabbi that you should know that a dowry does not work like condition of exuva. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that it doesn't uh, take away from lean property, um, uh, that it does take away from lean property, that's not true for a tenaxuva. Um, that we know that already. Okay, so that's not what he's coming to say. What is he saying that, um, that, that, uh, that this could collect from metatul and, and not from not only from karka, not only from land, but even chattel. We, um, according to Rebbe, they, they both collect from both things. They both can collect from either land or a metaltalin. Okay? So, what are you going to say? Uh, what, so, what is the... Um, so, what does it mean that Parnassah is not like a Tanaksuva? It means like the Bryce that tells us that if somebody says, I don't want to feed my daughters you know, from my estate, I'm sorry, it's not my problem, that he's chayev anyway, and it, because that's the Tanaksuva. If a guy says, I don't want my daughters to have a dowry, it's entirely in his rights, because it's not a condition of the Ksuva to provide a dowry, and therefore, it, um, it, 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 but if the father doesn't want to give, he doesn't have to give. And that's the story, and that is where we left off yesterday. Brings